Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Freya with Fight as One, featuring the guest vocal stylings of Freddie Madball. So a couple of familiar voices. If you listen to Hardcore, of course, Carl Buchner from Earth Crisis, Freddie Christian from Madball. Uh, if you listen further into the record when it comes out this Friday, September 22nd, you'll hear guest vocals from Jamie Josta of Hatebreed and Scott Vogel of Terror. But this thing isn't about guest vocals is it no it's about heavy hardcore freya has been at it for like 20 years it's gonna be 20 years very soon since their first record dropped as the last light drains on victory records a band that some people love a band that some people don't even notice 
But here they are back again with a new album called Fight as One. It's going to be out on Upstate Records this Friday, September 22nd. Should be available everywhere. I'm confident you can pre-order it now. And it's 11 tracks of heavy, heavy hardcore like you just heard. And uh, if you like that, you're going to like what the rest of this episode's about. Another Upstate Records artist joins me this time, though. It's Rich Thurston of Greater Vision. They have a brand new release out through uh, Upstate Records as well as Irish Voodoo. You can check them out all over the Internet as well. Or you can just sit back, relax, listen to my conversation with the fella, and we'll get into all sorts of stuff. That's coming soon. But first, you know we got to go to the hot zone. Kick it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! These two my family make friends till they bury all the places we've been! When they were sitting it out, we be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! When they were sitting it out, we be getting it in! Where you getting it out? No news is good news, they say. And I guess that's the case right now. I got no news for you. I got nothing to tell you about. I would talk to you about sports, but uh, me and Rich do that at the beginning of this conversation. So you can just wait to hear that there. I'll spare you my insight. You can get his for once. Um, I talked to you about my fantasy football team, but what could be worse than listening to somebody talk about their fantasy football team? Sometimes people say that's like listening to people talk about their dreams, which no one has ever done to me. I'm thankful for that. I don't want to hear about your dreams. Anybody's dreams. That's probably not true. Maybe somebody's dreams. Maybe dreams that uh, seem exciting, but they couldn't seem exciting. So no, let's just nix any dreams conversation. That's a popular thing to say you don't want to hear, but it makes me want to be a contrarian and say, I want to hear them, but really I have no stance. Let's come back to earth on this. I have no stance on dream talk. Officially, it's out there. Okay, good. I decided recently that my wife and I should start watching critically acclaimed movies. What does this mean? It means I turn on a movie from the critically acclaimed movie uh, section in Netflix, and then I fall asleep in 48 seconds, which I did the other night to Wind River. We sat down yesterday to watch that again. That's uh, Jeremy Runner. Uh, if you need to, that's the Hawkeye from um, Marvel movies. That's the way we can reference movies now that people will understand. Anyway, so we start watching that and my wife and I are like, well, she goes, uh, I think we already saw this and she was right. We did. So we started another one and today it's been less than 12 hours since then, maybe eight. And I forget what it was. So we're watching something else that's critically acclaimed. And I'm going to figure out what it is later tonight when we sit down to watch it again and go, Hmm, might've already seen this, but you might get that sort of deja vu when you're like, hey, wait, is this Rich Thurston? Is he in another band? If you're a fan of hardcore, that is. And yes, the answer is yes, he is. And this time it's called Greater Vision. They're based out of Ohio where he is at now. They just put out a new record. You can find it everywhere that records are available. Thanks to the great Upstate and Irish Voodoo. There's a third label involved. And if I'm being honest, I forget what they said, but they are from Missouri. The record's called Disappear Completely, by the way. So Google that, check it out. Greater vision disappear completely. Interested in what it sounds like? How about I do that for you? I'm going to play you a track right now from disappear completely. This one is called Exit. Yeah! 
straight to it. Who do you got in the Super Bowl this year? Oh, man. I think, uh, I'm not going to lie, and this pains me to say it, um, I, ha- I, I had the Jets going. Ooh. <laughs> and, yeah, I hate that. and I hate that about myself because I'm, I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. So yeah. I automatically hate anything New York, usually, right. team-wise. Right. Um, but um, I really thought they had a shot. And I mean, now that's just all gone to hell now. Um, um, so I guess my second choice, probably I would say Baltimore. Interesting. I think they have, I think they have a much better shot than people think. They've been kind of flying under the radar, but I mean, if you look at their roster, they are just absolutely stacked right now. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm so just I'm a Baltimore be- hater. I've, I've, and I, I wasn't until I lived there. I lived there for almost a decade and uh, just being around a team that just, that's not yours. I don't know. It makes me hate them. So, so well, I, that's how I felt about the Bengals for so many years. But then when Tom Brady finally, when Tom Brady finally retired, I, I find myself liking players more than just teams now. Hmm. Yeah. I can, I can respect players and what they bring to the table. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think Baltimore and, um, I don't know, man, I, it's, it's kind of wide open in the, uh, in the NFC. Really? That's better than you saying the Cowboys. That's better than saying the Cowboys. I would never, I would never, even if I thought they were going to go, I would never say that because they never will. They won't even win a playoff game. (laughs) That's that's correct. You are correct about here, that. Yeah, here here's a here's a hot take. Next year, Dak Prescott will not be a cowboy. Oh yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can see it being Trey Lance's job by the end of the season. Yeah, because they will not no, no, he'll have a great season. He'll have a great season. They'll they'll win 13 games. And then when he gets to the playoffs, he'll sink to the bottom just like they always do. <laughs> Very likely. I can see it. You know, you can only, you can only have that happen so many times till you realize whose fault it is. And it's not the team's fault. One of my favorite sports moments is always going to be Tony Romo crying on the two yard line. Well, yeah (laughs) now, but like, because of that, we get to listen to his bitch ass talk all the time on, on football. It's the worst dude. I can't between him and Colin and uh, what's his name? Uh, Buck. He's played for the. He's played for the bank. Collinsworth. Oh, uh, Collinsworth. Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't stand either one of those dudes, man. They just, they just talk to hear themselves talk, you know. Yeah, but I kind of like what Collinsworth's doing lately. It's just like old grandpa stuff. He's just, he's just saying things and being amused at himself. I, I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, I don't really know what's going on with the. <laughs> and you'll start laughing. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> like, what, what did like. you just even say? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can hear you. It's it's pretty wide open, man. I think I think it's pretty wide in the NFC. Um, I, I mean, I, I, the Eagles obviously have a shot. For, they, you know, the, the only thing that uh, the only thing that gives me a little pause is them losing the coaches that they did. Yeah, I wasn't um, a fan of uh, their defensive coordinator Gannon last year. Yeah, was it was he defensive? Whatever. Um, the uh, yeah, whatever, Sean Gannon. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get it. And, and sometimes that's all you need to do is just switch that up. And then your team's 10 times better, or it goes in the opposite direction, you know? So it's based on last week, they look great. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, well, thank you for entertaining my brief, uh, brief. That's all right. Talk. That's all right. I, I, I love. I don't, I don't often get to talk sports with people that I have on here because, uh, you know, you know, the stick. Because they're, they're all like, they're all like, oh, it's sports ball. We fucking jocks. So like, yeah, yeah. That's yet. Yeah, you are hundred percent correct. <laughs> well, then I, so, so we're on the same page there, obviously. But so tell me then about growing up, uh, being into hardcore sports, whatever, like the combination, how does, how'd you, how'd you grow up? How'd you get into, how'd you end up in both interested in both things? Um, you know, I, I was always interested in sports before I even knew what hardcore or metal or anything was. I played sports all through, you know, my youth. Uh, my dad was me coach basketball, my basketball teams, my baseball teams. Um, soccer teams, you know, he, he, he coached them all. And then, um, being from being born in new England, um, you, you know, it was Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, all the, you know, all the worst uh, Red yeah. Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, how dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, so that just carried on. So even when we left, when we left, um, new England to move to Florida, my dad worked for IBM and got transferred down there. Um, I was never a, a, a Dolphins fan, especially being that the Patriots were in the same division. So I never, I never cared about the Dolphins. Um, you know, so I, I always had sports in my life from, from a very young age. Um, and then you know, it just sort of never went away. Um, even with, even when music kind of like took over the whole thing, I still, I was still very much involved in, in following sports. Yeah. What, when does music become a thing for you? When do you find yourself getting interested? Um, well, when I was five years old, my parents bought me a plastic disc guitar. Um, I've always been into, I've always loved music. My older cousin, um, really got me into, into music. Um, she was like the quintessential eighties, you know, late seventies, early eighties rock chick. Um, and she's got me into all, all, you know, Rush, Def Leppard, Ozzy, like all the stuff she, she pushed on me. Um, so I, I had music at a very young age and I always, I always enjoyed it. Um, and then it just sort of, you know, it, it evolved or some may say devolved over the years. <laughs> depends on how you look at it. It depends on what lens you're looking at it through. Sure. Sure. Well, when do, when does, when do you find the world of hardcore or punk rock or whatever, whatever got you into hardcore? Um, I would say I was probably, 14 um when i first was uh introduced to it um i i've been in the metal you know the metallicas the slayers and th that kind of thing and iron maidens and th you know even even the hair metal bands Motley crew and so, so on um but i also got into skateboarding and there was um this, this guy named chris chris goldbach he now works at Sweetwater. So for all your Sweetwater needs, look for Chris Goldbach. Um, he had a uh, minor threat and a Dag Nasty sticker on the back of his VW Bug. So I just remembered those names and I went to the store, the record bar, 
at the Coral Square Mall in Coral Springs, Florida. And I bought those two tapes. And that was my first introduction into it. Um, Would that be I didn't Can really I know Say? It. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, Can I is, Say. Can I Say is like, is, and I, I, I've said this several times, but absolutely one of my favorite hardcore records ever. Like front to back, yeah, I, will listen, I will listen to it constantly. And it's, I, I discovered it late, like when I was in college and I've, I've never been able to, and you know, that's 20 years ago, but I've never been able to stop listening to it still to this day, sure. at least top, Absolutely. top five favorite hardcore record for me. Yeah. You ever heard the uh, terror cover of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're actually, amazing. I remember trying to convince amazing. Scott to do it once and uh, it didn't work. He was not, no, not willing. No. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was awesome when they did that. But yeah. yeah. So that's how I got into it. And then as I stayed involved in skateboarding more, um, I started getting into other bands and being introduced to other bands. And I remember the first show I went to, I want to, I want to say, it was, I'm pretty sure it was 1986. And I think it was Agnostic Front and Verbal Assault. I'm pretty sure that was the show, my first show. And I was literally scared to death. Like, I remember being like, oh, my dear Lord, these giant skinheads are huge. Like, what am I doing here? But at the same time, I was like, I couldn't imagine not being there again and again and again and so on. So that that was really my first my first introduction to like an actual show. Um, I lied to my parents, told them I was, uh, who knows what I told them, but I, I drove, uh, I, at this time I lived in Coral Springs, Florida and the show was in Miami beach, Florida. And that was, you know, well over an hour away. And here I am. some like snot nosed 15 year old kid. I mean, I don't even remember how I got down there to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, that was my first, my first show. That's awesome. That's a pretty good first show. Yeah, I mean, and then like my second show was like Exploited and GBH. And then my third show was Youth Today, Uniform Choice, Instead, and Bold. You started that strong, was except for Bold, you started yeah. strong. <laughs> that was one show though. It was just crazy. Like you think back to some of the shows that uh, like I got to see and some of the bands I got to to witness and like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of heavy hitters in there. Yeah, yeah, especially that wave of hardcore. That's what what do we what do we even call that? Is that this is that the second or third wave? I don't know who makes the rules, but it was a good wave, probably, whichever one. I, I would say second. Yeah. I would say second. That probably seems the uh, right because there definitely was a first wave, but it was more punk than it was hardcore. Sure. Yeah. But I would say it was the second wave of of bands, you know, that that came around. Well, you start playing hardcore. Uh, let's see how many years ago is how many years ago is that? Uh, the, I was going to say the early nineties, nineteen ninety something, maybe maybe it's late eighties. Um, I don't know. You tell me. When do you start was, actually was, playing? It was late eighties. I played bass in a band called The End, this punk rock band, mm. and um, we practiced at my house because my parents wouldn't let me go to these other people's houses because they were heathens. Yeah. Um, but they came to my house. <laughs> um, yeah, and we just it was. We just, for fun, like I didn't think there was nothing going to come of it. We were just having a blast, you know? Um, yeah. Um, the same dude that I got the stickers, the bands from the stickers actually played drums in that band. So it all kind of came full circle for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my first quote unquote band was, was that was band called the end. I want to say it was 88 ish. 
you've got a long list of of what what's I don't want to say discography because it's not discography. You've been in a lot of fucking bands, is what is I've been. What in a, I've been in a lot of bands. I've been in a lot of so, bands. So it, it would take too long to uh, to go through each of them. But there's a couple that I'd like to ask you about that you've been in and been part of sure. over the years. Uh, the first one that that uh, the or was I should say your earliest one that I am more aware of is was culture. Um, but that's quite a few years into you already doing the damn thing, right? Yeah. I was in a few other bands. Um, actually besides that one, we just talked about, there was another band that I was in called ego trip mm-hmm. and we, we put out, a um, a seven inch on this label called youth bus. Um, I believe that the guy who, his name was Patrick. I'm, I'm going to forget his last name. And, he does like surf videos and stuff now. Like he's done pretty well for himself. He he kind of had money before too. And I'm not even sure how we all got hooked up with him, but like there were four different South Florida bands that got, he put out seven inches for. Um, so it was pretty cool. We all got to be on the same label together and, and do that. So that was the real, the first band where we traveled to other parts to play shows. You know, it wasn't just playing in Miami. Um, and then, and then, you know, a year or two after that is when I really started, you know, I started taking it a, a little more seriously, I guess you could say. And I started culture. Culture, which and, you eventually played every instrument and in, including vocals, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did everything in that band. Well, the funny story um, about the, the culture demo was that the day before we were supposed to go record the demo, mm-hmm. the singer said that, well, I'm not paying for the recording. I'm not paying for that. I, I distinctly remember it like it was yesterday. And I was like, well, cool. You're not in the band anymore. So me and the drummer went to the studio. He did all the drums. I did all the guitars and the bass and I sang on it. I wrote the lyrics like the, that night before. And uh, that's, that's how that demo came about. And that's also why one of the songs on there is a instrumental because I couldn't come up with lyrics in time. That makes sense. So that's good. I never, I never, I never heard of that. Um, the culture stuff though, the born of you. And I mean, of course I get this stuff later because I'm about to be 39. So that would, sure. that would have been too young for me. I would have been like 11 years old when all this was going on. Right. So a little too, right. a little too young for it back then. But uh, so I get it all later. And what, what I find is the born of you, uh, CD and the kindred split. Um, so yeah. so I, it was always uh, retrospective for me. So tell me about uh, culture in that time, in that area, in that, that, that Florida scene, what was going on down there? Was there, was it just you guys? Was there a boiling thing happening? What, you know, tell me about it. No, it was definitely, um, well, I feel like, and I think if you talk to other people and they're honest, I feel like culture started that, that sound in Florida yeah. because the bands that came after us touched on a lot of that. You had your morning again, which was a direct, a direct descendant of culture. Cause it had, it had culture members in it. Um, then you had uh, like even your, even the first poison, the well record was heavily influenced by like, 
the melodic guitars and the back and forth guitars. Like, so a lot of that stuff we sort of brought to the table and we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We weren't listening to bands and being like, Hey, we need to sound like that. Now yeah. that happened later. Don't get me wrong. But but that first demo and that first and the, and the born of you record, we didn't have any kind of influence on, on our, we were just writing stuff that just sort of came out. We thought it was extremely metal at the time, but when you go back and listen to it, you're like, Jesus, that wasn't metal at all. That's, that was, you know, it was, it just was a, a, a little bit different than, it, you know, than what was happening at, you know, uh, at the time. But, um, yeah, was anybody yeah, using were, the term metalcore back then? No, no. Metalcore wasn't a thing until probably a decade after that. A decade? Yeah, I would think. Mid the mid the like I would I would probably say the I mean, maybe not a decade probably five or six years later yeah like I, the, say, the, I think I think it was a term by the time I came around in in late nineties early two thousands so yeah it was just um yeah I don't know why I said decade I apologize um <laughs> but um maybe because it felt like a goddamn decade you know what I right mean? right but but uh it was uh yeah I, I there were definitely other bands. You had your Shy Haloods coming along at the time. Um, there were a band called Bird of Ill Omen was, was, oh, yeah. was happening. Yeah. Um, even As Friends Rust started during Culture. And they were Just completely released different. released last week, by the way. Yeah, they did. They did. Listen, we're not here to talk about Damien, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. We don't need to talk about <laughs> but, Damien. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that guy at all. Um, he talks about himself enough. He's the mayor of the internet, in case you didn't know. Um, so yeah so like and even as friends Russ was like completely different than what was happening musically you know like Damien still sounded like culture Damien at the time mm-hmm. but it was like the music I thought was like it was just the coolest shit because it was like nothing like that was happening so like th- there were there were plenty of other bands that were around um I would just say that probably as far as bands that sort of clicked first for everybody was probably culture and then culture and morning again mm-hmm. at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Cause that first tour we did in Europe, we, we were playing like a show ahead of them, a show behind them and a few shows we played together. Um, but yeah, we were, you know, we were right there. Same timing. Usually. I mean, the joke always forever from what I remember going back as long as I can remember is that Europe was always like five years behind. Were they, um, were, yeah, were yeah. they on pace back then or were they, were they still lagging? They were, no, they were still a little bit behind. Yeah. But they, but they, they definitely knew who we were. We were because good life put it out for us. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and good life was the, the, you know, European label. So they definitely knew who we were. They were the biggest label at the time. So we didn't have any problems in, in, in that department. We were, we were all just like really young and, and naive to how it was supposed to work. So, but we were just like, man, I, you know, we're, we're in Europe for 30 days and it cost us nothing, you know? So we were just like, cool, let's do this all the time. Not really looking at how money worked and not really looking at, you know, records sold and, you know, that really wasn't, we had no idea, you know? Yeah. But in your defense, know you're, you're what, your early twenties then? I think I was 22. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I you was just a don't, fucking retard when I was 22. 
yeah, no one knows. Like, you don't know what you're doing, you know, but like, we're just having the, the freaking time of our lives, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it was definitely like, I, there's a few things I would change, but I think overall it was, it, it, it helped. It helped more than it hurt long-term. You can look at it long-term. Well, that from there, I mean, not, not starting with culture, I guess starting back with probably the end uh, up until now, you haven't really ever stopped. Has there ever been a year that you didn't play a show between when you started and now? Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a, yeah. it was a, a long stretch. Um, I'm going to say from when I wasn't in still crossed anymore. So like 2003 until man, until like 2014, I didn't do anything musically. Oh, I see. Cause, cause you still have, you have bands on your, uh, in your, uh, in your, in your, uh, history. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know how accurate those dates are, (laughs) but I mean, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't play any bands. I mean, I'd always, I'd always kept playing music, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that, but I I wasn't in any band. It wasn't until we did the, the culture reunion show. Um, I mean, I had, I had on bodies, which was also with, with Damien. Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't, we only played, we played a few, a couple of shows, but then it was right after that is when the culture thing happened, the reunion. And then we did the, the, the show in Miami and then we did, and then we did the, um, we went to played Eperfest in Belgium and then we did Japan. So it was like, that was all like back to back play. This is hardcore. It was all like back to back in that, during that summer, early fall. So yeah, there was definitely a stretch where I didn't, I didn't do anything as far as music is concerned. Cause I, I mean, I was, I, I delved into all the other stuff that it seems that hardcore kids do. I was jujitsu and kickboxing and I was fighting MMA and doing all that during that time. Yeah. I remember. Um, hey, why, why, why do, here's a f- fucking weird question. How come right. I feel like I always knew what Rich Thurston was up to? Like, I don't <laughs> I wasn't looking you up, but you as a hardcore dude were like a well-known just as a hardcore dude. Do you know, do you right. know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, Oh, there's the guy from the interviews on the Hellfest DVD, you know, like, yeah. even if I didn't, <laughs> even if I didn't That's know funny. you were in a band, um, but, but you were in, you were in, of course, several bands and it seemed for a while there, like you would just pop up and be like, well, there he is with blood has been shed, uh, terror. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now he's playing guitar or bass in walls of Jericho, you know, like it was, it was just, uh, w- w- did it feel like that for you? How did just, I don't know. Let me, let me, rephrase. I, I guess it's not, it's not something that you even really notice in the, in when it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's something you look back on and go, God damn, man. Like, is it you or is it me? Cause I was in a lot of bands, <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I played, I, I wasn't in Walter Jericho. I played bass for their first European tour because the, um, other, the, the bass player was, his wife was expecting and they were, it was going to happen while they were gone. So they asked me if I would do it. I was like, of course. So I did that. And then after that, there wasn't, I, I didn't do much after that tour. And I think that was in Oh three. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I guess, for there was still that generation my generation that like I still had contact with you know I still was friends friendly with people and we would talk all the time so I guess you know I, I guess I could see why maybe I would come up in a, in a conversation here or there <laughs> um there, there, was, there was a bit of a stretch where 
I probably wasn't the most popular person in the world. And that's, that's kind of okay now. Cause it's whatever, but I mean, I don't know. Is, is it better to why, be famous why, or infamous? Why weren't <laughs> you the most popular person? Um, I, I, I didn't always make the, the, the best decisions. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't always, I didn't always think things through, you know, I thought in the moment and not in the, in the long term, And it took me a really long time to, to figure that out. And, you know, and I did, so I, I figured it out, but it took a long time for me to, to, to get there. Um, is that maybe why home? you've been in so many different bands and there oh, hasn't I'm been sure. something that's been I'm, consistent? I'm sure that's why. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that it, it definitely wasn't them. It was, it was me. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Eventually we got to yeah, find that common denominator, right? And go, oh, yeah, yeah, the common, guess, yeah. The common denominator is me. I, let's be yeah. fair. Um, don't get me wrong. There are assholes in every band, but when you put two assholes in the band, whoever the most important asshole is, is going to win. <laughs> Right, right. You know right. what I mean? So, like, you just sort of, you know, you. It, it's just, uh, you know, it took a, it took. I mean, we can go down this rabbit hole if you want, but like, it, it took a long time of, of, uh, you know, therapy and, and and things of, and uh, the correct meds, so to speak, mm-hmm. to, to get me where I feel like I am now. Yeah. Where I can rec- recognize the mistakes, recognize, you know, the, the things of that nature and, and just make sure that I'm just a, a better person for whatever time I have left on this earth. I'll be 51 in January. Um, so who knows, you know? Well, I jokingly, not so jokingly, actually, I'm dead serious when I tell my... Uh my wife and friends that I don't know that I'll make it to 50. So I think that's very impressive that you've at least made it this far already. Um, and, and have accomplished all sorts of very cool things, uh, in your life and specifically in the, just the, the world of hardcore. I mean, I know like to some people, like they, they try to mitigate it and be like, well, it's just this type of music, but it's, it's also kind of a hard, a hard scene to stick around in. If you're not a, I don't know, if you're not of a, if you don't have a certain type of, um, I don't know, stubbornness, I guess might be the word. So to me, it was so much, the reason why I stuck around for so long and why I was so drawn to it is that it was so accessible. Mm-hmm. All these bands that you looked up to, you can walk around to them and say, Hey man, what's up? You know, your fucking CD's awesome. Your tape is awesome. I, I love the show. Whereas like those uh, you know, metal bands and all that stuff. You couldn't, you couldn't do that. You had to like them from a distance, whereas hardcore, you could like them right there. And it was such an interaction. And I think that that's what not only drew me to it, but kept me involved. You've you've played on some, some, what I, what I consider really cool. Sorry, let me rephrase this. Are you officially on uh lowest of the low? Yeah, yeah, I played bass I, on Lost. I thought so. Low. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I just yeah. don't have. And I, I remember seeing you even in the in the lab. I remember buying that CD in a Hot Topic, and uh, nice. that now we're that talking. Will, we that will finally, always be one of my finally records. terror made it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was. Uh, I was in college. It was brand new. It was. It was yeah. awesome. And uh, and would like what do you? How do you look back on that era of your time in the scene? That was, in the that, was that was probably. That was probably the one of the best 
experiences I could have. Um, real quick, Scott Vogel story. When culture broke up, well, excuse me, when I was relieved of my duties in culture, despair had just, just ended. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about me coming up and playing guitar in despair. But then Scott was like, oh, you know, we just decided to call it quits. Um, I'm starting this new band, though. If you want to come up and move up here, he's like, fuck it, just come on up. I was like, yeah, let me think about it. And then I didn't do it. And that was buried alive. <laughs> well, I think you picked so, the better so, one. I'll, I'll say that. So, well, here's the, the here's the thing, though. When Scott Vogel hits you up and says, hey, do you want to play in a band with me? You don't say no twice. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like, yep, let's do it. And that's how that sort of came alive. That's awesome. And again, truly one of my favorite hardcore records ever. No doubt. Like I, and I, you know, I even talked to, to him about this at one point and how people uh, talk about uh, his other bands that he were, he was in that were, that are good. Right. They're, of course, but there's no way sure. anything else compares to what he's done with terror and uh, the beginning of all that. And to me, the, the best, maybe, all right, maybe not the best, but among the best is, is that record lowest to low. Yes. That's such a great record. It was so awesome to be a part of it. I, I definitely feel lucky to have been in the band during that time. I feel lucky to have experienced like those tours, that I, those those two tours I did with them. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy. It's a crazy time. Well, you, you've kept at it since then. Obviously we talked about, we touched on a, a few bands, but the, the latest one and the one that I wanted to mainly talk to you about um, this time around is, is greater vision. You just released a, a new, is it an EP? Is it an album? I don't know how many songs it it is. I think, I think it's, it's considered an EP. Okay. And that that would disappear completely on upstate records that came out about a month ago. Not quite, but almost a month ago. August 25th was the day it came out. Tell me about this band. Where did it come from? Because to me, it seems like it came together pretty quickly. You told me about it. You told me you were starting it like back in January. Yeah. Um, I, I was in, um, a band called treason. We had records out on new age. Um, I have records. to stop you already. I have to stop you already. Oh, okay. Because as somebody who was in Baltimore at the time, how aware of the Baltimore version of treason are you? Oh, I wasn't aware at all until after the fact. Okay. 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 No, no, no it wasn't, yeah. they weren't a big band at all. They have like a two demos. Maybe I just, I was just curious I'm, if you uh, knew about it. I was aware after we had already recorded the first seven inch. Yeah. And I was like, well, I hope they're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Quality people all around. So I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so once that ended, I had these songs, you know, and, um, a lot of those things that you hear on, on the greater vision record probably would have ended up being treason songs for the next release. Mm. Um, I did change them a little bit. Um, I kind of wanted to make them a little, a little darker, a little more going on musically. Um, but yeah, essentially that's what that was. I, I kind of already had four songs in, in, you know, in the pocket already. And then we had to, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just had to write and record a few more. So it wasn't that hard to do that. But it was, it was, I, I also wanted to get the right members and Aaron, the singer is just, he's just so good. He's so like, I'm such a fan when he sings. So like, and I knew he was a good singer because he was in another band called Grim State and another band called Saboteur, which is actually still in and they're from Ohio too. They're from Dayton. Um, but he, uh, he's just so good that I, I knew I had to have him sing on it. I don't mean to mean this to sound weird at all, but I was like shocked at how good <laughs> these songs are, <laughs> which I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment. I don't mean it that way. I just meant because of how quickly it came together and how it was like, hey, hey, I got this band. Here it is. And now there's a CD out. And I was like, well, what the fuck? This seems like a totally finished product. But now it makes a little more sense. And and how you're saying it was songs that you might have had around for a little while, and uh, you know it was something to build off of at least. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely stuff to build off of, but I also definitely like, you know, I I, I definitely put a little more thought into them. I mean, I mean they're not rocket science. Don't get me wrong; I'm not writing between the Barry to me songs, but like, it's uh, I feel like playing, and I feel like there's a little more going on musically and vocally than there was in previous trees and stuff, which yeah. is what I wanted to do. So I, I feel like I accomplished that, that goal. Was it, does, does the beginning of greater vision mean the end of treason? Oh yeah. Treason has been done for a year now. Man, it's hard to keep up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Treason has been done for about a year. It was a year last month. It's been done. There we go. All right. Well, that was yeah. that treason was, uh, for at least it appeared to me to be like a blatantly straight edge band. Was that, was that the case? Yeah. Is, are you, are you still wearing the mark? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, Im- that's important to you, right? Obviously. Yeah. It's very important to me. It's, it's not in like the band, the greater visions is not a straight edge band. Yeah. Um, but like I am and, uh, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna change. I mean, I'm 51. Who the hell's gonna start smoking cigarettes now? You know, uh, that'd be a pretty cool move. I think I smoked cigarettes for like a lot of years, way too long. And I've quit for a while too, but uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd do it again. You know, give me a, give me another shot. I'd do it again. It was, uh, it, was right? it was pretty cool. Uh, so greater vision, there's, you put it, you put it together pretty quick. Here's one thing that's a little confusing when you try to look up greater vision stuff on the internet. Uh, it says you play guitar, but in, then in all the music video, well, in the music video, you're playing drums. So what, okay, what position listen. do you actually play here? What do you, what do you do? Listen, I don't, it's, it's another situation where I, I wrote and recorded everything on the record. I played drums, bass, and guitar, Aaron sang. So I did the, all the music minus the vocals it, I did on the record. Um, we shot one video where I was playing drums still, 
Then we had some member switches and then I went back to playing guitar. Ah, okay. Um, so that's how I ended up. And now I'm just playing guitar or four piece instead of a five piece. Cause I don't got time for another person to, <laughs> to, to let me down. <laughs> One last person to let me down in the long run. You know what I mean? I hear um, you. Absolutely. That's why I do this by myself. There's nobody else sure. here to fuck it up for me. Sure. So, um, yeah, so there's, so we're four piece. I play guitar now, um, just by myself. I got a nice little setup to where I can switch, you know, calves back and forth and do all sorts of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, we're four piece. Like I said, we're not a straight edge band. Um, members are straight edge, but that's not, that's not really what, what is the, the focus of this particular band. Is there a focus or is it just writing some cool um, stuff? No, it's, it's, to me, it's a, it's a, the way I, I took a page from what has been shed when I was recording the record. And what I mean by that is if you noticed on a lot of their recordings, they have sort of a softness in between the songs, mm-hmm. whether it yep. be, you know, whether it be wind chimes or whether it be, some viola or whether whatever it may be. And on the record, I did the same thing. We did a lot of like electronic stuff, melodic stuff that, you know, we manipulated the sounds of drums and guitars and stuff to sort of give it. So I, I kind of wanted it to be almost like you were like in waves of like, kind of like rage. And then like the calm afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then go right back into the rage again. Cause I feel like a lot of, uh, at least for me, that's a lot of how I, I, I lived most of my life was these ups and downs, you know, and, and I didn't, didn't really have an answer for it until, like I said, until I, you know, kind of took a, a deep dive on myself, but it's, uh, that's, that was the, the goal of it was to sort of give it that feel. And I, I mean, I couldn't be happier with it. Like, I, like I'll be driving in the car and put it on and listen to it. It's my own band, which is kind of weird, I guess. But like, I was, I was way into it. So no, I, I love listening cool. to it. I think it's cool to listen to your own band. And I'm not like, I don't mean that as a joke at all. Uh, I listen yeah. to my only seven inch every now and then, you know what I mean? Like I've pulled up on Spotify and said, what the hell was that about? You know, and check it out. And like, all, all right, right, that was right. cool. I like it. I like it. Like there's a reason I, you know, the reason we released it, we liked it. Um, sure. But that's interesting. You said you say that stuff uh, about the the record, the sequencing, the sounds, because I did notice that while listening to it, but I did not put it together with the blood has been shed stuff. Um, that's really where again, I got it from. I, I know we touched on the fact that you were in blood, blood has been shed, but but that another you, you were part of another record there. That's that many people, myself included, consider uh, very awesome and uh, like, a, like a, a very uh, important record of the genre. Yeah, that was. That was a, that was a wild time, man. Like that Corey made me a better guitar player than I, I, than that he could ever know. And every once in a while I'll, I'll shoot him a text and say, Hey man, just want to remind you that you made me so much better. And we'll, and we'll chat once in a while. Um, how did, how did he do that? How did he make you better? Just, just the way he wrote and the way he played was so different from what I was used to that like me having to follow what he was doing just made me better. 
Mm. It made me look at notes differently. It made me think of arrangements differently. It it, it did a lot of things that like I wouldn't think of on my own. But then when he did it, I was like, oh, it makes perfect fucking sense. Why didn't I think of that? You know, so then like in subsequent bands after that, I, I, I always pull from a little bit from Bloods Machette every time I play in whatever band I'm in. I don't care what band it is. That's very cool. It's very cool to hear. Yeah, it, it was, it was definitely, it was awesome living out there in Connecticut. I got to see a ton of shows way more than I was seeing out here in, in, in the Midwest. Um, I met some lifelong friends. I still, and I consider some of my best friends to, to this day living out there. Um, so yeah, it was definitely worth every bit of it, you know? Very cool. You've lived so many different places. It feels like when I try to follow your, well, it's not, <laughs> your it's, story, it's not that many. It's not, it's not that many, really. Like, I was born in Boston. Yeah, then we, then we moved, but we all have things to uh, overcome. Listen, listen, careful. Yeah, so you done it. Don't worry, was, you got out of there. Uh, yeah, uh, I was born in Boston. Then my we got transferred to New Jersey. Then we got went from New Jersey to Florida, and I was in Florida for like twenty something years. Yeah. Um. From there, I went to Richmond, Virginia for like five months. And I played bass. Remember that band, Grip? No, I don't. I remember Grip okay, Incorporated. No, I wish it was Grip Incorporated, <laughs> but it was not. It was not Grip Incorporated. It was a band called Grip that was on New Age. Um, I went up there and, and I just went up there just to go up there because I was tired of Florida and ended up playing like doing a weekend where the show's playing bass for them. Um, and that was an amazing experience. We played like with like Lifetime and some other band. It was just amazing. Um, then I moved back to Florida. When I moved back to Florida is when I, the first starting of culture happened then. Mm, okay. And then, um, then I was in Florida for a long time. Moved up here to uh, Ohio, right? You know, yeah, Ohio, Dayton at the time was here for a while. Then, I moved, then a friend of mine was like, hey, come play, come play bass in Bloodsman Shed. I'm like, cool. So I went out there, started on bass, and the friend quit the band. And then I had to move over to, <laughs> move over to guitar. And um, like I said, that's where Corey really kind of honed my, my skills. Yeah, I'd say that's a lot of places. I'd say <laughs> uh, four, five. I don't know. Um, yeah, you I mean, at least I, once I, a decade. It sounds like. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I've been yeah. I've been here for I've been here since since oh one. So I've been here for a minute. <laughs> that's a that's a long time in Ohio. How'd you end up in Ohio? Um, I just had friends here from like culture would play here all the time. Mm-hmm. We always seem to play Chicago, Indian, and Dayton. That just seemed to be the way things went. So um, I just had friends here. And it was just like an easy move. I was like, yeah, let me get the hell out of Florida. And then we just move in with some friends. It's supposed to be a pit stop. And then here mm-hmm. I am 22 years later, divorced with a 15 year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, We all have a, we all have those things that have happened. Uh, <laughs> I'll just phrase it that yeah. way. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's life, you know? Yeah, no, that's cool as hell though. I mean, uh, you got, a, I got a pair of daughters myself too. Yeah, it's, it's I, I really enjoy that part. But how, this, let's talk about let's just move in, moving to Ohio. Uh, I want to build off of that. Okay. And this is going to sound like an insult to Ohio. And it, maybe it's supposed to be because I'm in Pennsylvania. But um, what is the stupidest thing you've ever done because of hardcore? 
Jesus Christ, dude. Um, <laughs> Come on. It's, it's got to it's be something that sticks out. Uh, the stupidest thing? Yeah. I don't know. Start playing in bands? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. There, I, I probably couldn't tell you the stupidest thing because it's probably, there's probably some sort of statute of limitations on it where I could probably sure, get in trouble. Yeah. So. yeah. But um, let's just say, let's just say we had a, we had a lot of fun in Florida beating up Nazi skinheads. Yeah. That's good. Everybody, everybody on, a, supports on a regular, like on a regular basis, like beat them to the point where you're like, why do y'all keep coming back? Like mm-hmm. you never win, like never win ever. Yeah. And you get like beaten pretty bad. But yet here you are again. I, I guess at least you're devoted. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like th- th- there were some, because back then you got to remember no cameras, no cell sure. phones, you know, the fight would just go on until like everybody was just tired, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, uh, there's some sketchy moments for sure. But uh, I mean, I, they made their choice. We made ours, you know what I'm saying? One of us won and one of us didn't. I'll let you do the math. Sure. All right. Well, uh, to the to go off of that, what is the coolest thing that you've gotten to do because of hardcore? Um, there's a couple form some lifelong friendships. Um, people that I could call right now and be like, "Hey, man, I need you. I'm in a I'm in a spot," and they'll they'll do whatever they can to to help. Um. Another one is seeing the world. Um, you know, 18 year old Rich graduating high school at no point thought that he was going to live past 25, 26 years old. Never mind the idea of ever leaving Florida or leaving the country or traveling the, the, the country. None of that even came into play. Hardcore gave me all those opportunities. I've seen every inch of this country. I've seen every inch of Europe. I've been to Japan. Like it's just, it's afforded me things that justify the fact that I dedicated my life to it. Gave up some probably, you know, decent jobs to go play a week's worth of shows to 12 kids in Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Like it it just, it just, it didn't matter. It's what I needed to do. So I think that's another amazing gift that, you know, that's the gift that keeps on giving as well. Like I'm still able to go play shows and we're talking about going to Europe with, with greater vision uh, next year. Like there's just things that like, I'm still able to do at 51 years old that 18 year old rich couldn't even fathom, you know? Um, And I think for us, it's also self-serving in a way too, because I love being able to create music good or bad or otherwise and have it recorded and out into the world, whether 10 people liked it or 10,000 people liked it. It's just, it's an amazing feat to me. The idea of it is still, it still blows my mind that I can, that I can write songs or me and some friends can write some songs that someone's like, yes, that's awesome. I want to put that out because they have faith that other people are going to be into it too. Like that's just such a crazy thought to me, and it's happened time and time again. I I, I couldn't be I couldn't be more grateful for that. You know, yeah. it's uh it's it, it's quite a feeling to 
hold something in your hand that's got your work on it. You know, it's doesn't happen. People, a lot of people don't have that get to have that experience. No, I agree. And I, I, I do think that's something that's very cool that a lot of us kind of forget about that. Uh, we're making we or have made or whatever, whatever situation you're in stuff. That's totally going to outlive you, you know, <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's things that people are going to always be able to uh, check out. And it's, I don't know. It's just a very cool thing to think about how, how it just will continue to go on uh, or be forgotten about whatever, but it'll exist. Uh, yeah. It'll no always what. exist. Especially now with streaming. Yeah. Like it'll be there forever. You know, some stuff was, was lost forever. Cause it was just like a one-time thing on a, on a CD or, or a seven inch and only hundred copies, but somehow mm-hmm. that shit winds up on the internet and it winds up on Spotify or Apple music. It's, it's there forever. Is there any releases of your own that uh, you wish were on streaming? No, I think, I mean, I think it's all there now. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think it's all there now. There was a, there was a time when it wasn't all there, but I think it's, I think it's all there now. I would really like to get a, a vinyl release of the one nation under record that only came mm-hmm. out on CD. I'd like to have a vinyl, like maybe even like remaster it, remix it you know, like do some stuff to it, new layout and put that out, kind of give it a, another proper release. Um, but other than that, man, I, 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 I'm completely satisfied with, with how it's all gone. Yeah. I was, I was just pulling up. I was trying to think of what that one nation under record does. Alvernon records, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they work really do. closely with, um, eulogy recordings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they so were just like the European version, weren't they? Isn't that, pretty much, that's what yeah, I always yeah. confer- considered them. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that'd be a cool one to see on vinyl. Yeah. But you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That's okay. But that, if I had to pick one, that would be the one that I'd want to. Yeah. That reminds me of another thing I wanted to ask you. Is there a single release that you, of yours, of yours that you hold high in highest regard? That's something that means more to you than the rest of them. I'll have to say the culture records because that really paved it all for me. It really gave me the first taste of touring, the first taste of Europe, the first taste of going to the studio and really, really doing all that. Um, so I would say that the culture records were, were the most important I don't know if they were the best because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look at different things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you look back now and you're like, Jesus Christ, what was that? That's horrible. But like <laughs> for the time it wasn't horrible. Right. You know, like it was not, it was, it was, it was pretty important at the time to us, you know? Um, so I, I would say the culture records and then I, you know, as far as like what I think is my, the the best thing I've done hands down would be Involved, it would be the terror record. Yeah, yeah, it's hard on the top. Yeah, the terror, terror, and then Blood's Been Shed's a close second. Yeah, yeah, those are those are two all timers in their genres. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, yeah. The terror record by far is is the top top of the list. All I had to do was go in there and just learn the bass parts. I didn't have to do anything else, and that's why it was so awesome too. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's 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 the way we all wish it could be. You know, you just clock in do the job. That's the way I want my work to be. You know what I mean? Just right. Uh, exactly. Here, just tell me what to do. I'll do it and it'll be awesome. And everybody will love it. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, 
before we wrap it up, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about greater vision. Cause that's your, that's what you got going on right now. Sure. Is, is that the only thing you have going on right now? Or do you got other bands happening too? Um, no, that's, that's the only band I currently have. I do have other music. Yeah. That's completely different than that, that I've just been messing around with, but there's no, there's no band. There's no recording. There's no, right, that's really right. all I got going on right now is that. Okay. Well then let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about greater vision. Uh, the record, okay. like we said, uh, came out, um, about a month ago, upstate records. I believe maybe there's something with Irish voodoo too. Yeah. Irish voodoo is doing the vinyl version and they're just waiting for the test to come back. Cause you know how, yeah, how messed up vinyl is right now. So, um, it's getting better. So yes, yeah, it is getting better. It is getting better. So once they get the test back, then we can, you know, get an official, date to when that'll be done and um there's a uh, a label in missouri called righteous war records they put the, a tape version out mm-hmm. i haven't heard of them of the records well, that's cool you seem to have a strong relationship with irish voodoo yeah that dude man he's he's a cool cat man he's a really good dude he will i mean i i could pretty much send him anything and he'll put it out <laughs> <laughs> I could fart on a, I could fart in a microphone for three hours. He might put it out. I'm not sure, but um, no, he's just, he's just a really good guy. He he doesn't go above his means. He tells you exactly what he can do for you. And it's usually plenty, you know, at this stage of the game for me, it's plenty. Um, yeah. He put out the on body stuff. He put out that deep breath stuff that I did. He put out the saboteur seven inch and then he's going to put out the, 12 inch of greater vision. Well, even though it's uh, already out on upstate, at least what's your, what's your favorite part of a record release? Like what do you most look forward to when you're putting out some new stuff? Just holding it in your hand. Yeah. Just looking at it. Like, 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 like this is the finished product. This is what we, you know, several months ago, this is what we did. We put this all together and now here we are and it's done. And it's crazy. You know, it's, uh, that's the coolest part for me. And then the, the, the I think it, the coolest part about being in a band that's new is that when you play a show and people walk up to you and like, listen, that was fucking awesome. And then they buy the CD or they buy a shirt strictly based off what they just saw on stage. That to me is like the greatest compliment ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, what more could you it, want? Right. It just makes, it, it, it just makes you feel like you've, you've, you've done something right. If that makes sense. So, or you've done something that justifies sitting up at night, writing riffs or working on the layout yeah, it's or worthwhile. You made it worth, you know, it just, it, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and we've been, we've been fortunate to have that happen to us on, on a, several occasions. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, and that, you know, kind of makes it all worth it, I guess. Uh, with uh, greater vision, I know you're playing show. Seems like you're playing a decent amount. Maybe not too much, yeah. but but enough. Uh, what's any any big plans? I know you mentioned maybe Europe. I don't. It doesn't sound like anything scheduled. But w- what about the rest of the year for greater vision? What's um, well, we're playing. We we got a um, November fourth. We're playing in Chicago with Fury of Five. Um, yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, and then December. 18th and 19th is like a, a fest in Lexington, Kentucky, like E-Town Concrete's playing it. Um, no awesome. Cure is playing it. Yeah, No Cure is playing it. Um, 
it's like a two day thing and we're, we're doing that. Um, and then after, after the winter, because Aaron works for FedEx and he can't really do anything between November and December. Um, cause they just can't get off work. He's at work from nine in the morning until 10 at night, you know? Yeah. So he, uh, so after that, we're going to, we're, we're scheduling now. We're going to play some, some East coast dates, both like Southeast and then, um, Northeast as well. And like I said, Europe is, uh, is definitely being discussed now. We'll probably go over with someone else and open for them, which is fine. Yeah. So we'll probably end up doing that. But yeah, man, just sort of just taking what comes at us, you know, and just, uh, enjoying it. That's very cool. Especially to hear you're still going at it so strong. As you mentioned, you're going to be 51 within the year. So that's pretty fucking yeah. impressive. So that'll give, bring me to my last question for you is what is it going to take for you to stop? Um, I don't think I'll ever stop playing, but this, this will be my last band. Mm, that's Greater a visual statement. No, it will be. It, it will be greater vision will be the last band. And listen, I'm sure that some people are like, yay, thank God. But like, <laughs> um, it'll be my last band where I try and put a band together and go play shows and get records put out. I'll probably, if I do anything else after this, I'll just write and record it and just release it to the world on the internet. Because I feel like I'll always need that outlet of writing music. Sure. But yeah, I don't have a, I don't have any plans on ever being in trying to find members again that are tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you say it that way, I understand that. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, when you, you only like hang that. out with these assholes for so long until you want to kill them. So, yeah, 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 and, and that, and when you make it make sense, it makes sense. Yeah. I guess, I'm just trying to make it make sense for everybody, you know. It's not that I don't want to be in a band, but at 51, go out and try and find some other people your age to be in a band with. Shit don't happen. You end up in a band with like 25-year-old kids and they're fucking clueless. Oh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't do that, man. I'm 38 and I feel like I'm, you know, 65. Um, I'm right, screaming right. at the clouds as is, you know, and I'm not even 40 yet. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, so I get it. Uh but uh but I, but I'm glad I'm glad you're still out there doing things uh because like I said uh I was quite impressed with greater vision um the other stuff you've been doing lately is also very cool too I don't want I don't mean to dismiss any of that uh, no, so you've got a you've got a long long track record of good music I mean and and I know that you, I hope you feel the respect from people for your contributions no I I definitely uh I don't want to say it's respect but I, I do like, I, I do, it does feel good to be acknowledged. The appreciation. How about that? Yeah. I mean, it does, it does feel good to be acknowledged and appreciated because I appreciate it just as much. Right. Like it's not something that I look at like just frivolously. Like it's, it's a, it's a definitely a privilege to be able to continue to do this.
Albums. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Rich Thurston of Greater Vision. The song you just heard was Drift. That's off of Disappear, completely available everywhere right now through Upstate Records and Irish Voodoo Records and a label in Missouri that I keep forgetting the name of on tape. Thanks to Rich. Thanks to you. Thanks to Upstate. Thanks to Irish Voodoo. Thanks to that Missouri label for their time, their contributions to this episode. Uh, but again, thanks to you and Rich, mostly importantly, uh, Rich, for all the music he's created over the years. I've enjoyed quite a bit of it. I'm sure you have, too. If you listen this far along, uh, sounds like we might be nearing the end of those contributions. So let's enjoy them while we got them. Please go check out Greater Vision. It is a cool EP and hopefully there is more on the way. Uh, not soon. Let's enjoy this one for a little while. But in a little bit, there is more on the way. What? else is there to tell you not much else let's just end this quickly let's put everyone out of their misery it's monday morning you need to move on with your day you need to get to work so do i i'm gonna play you a track now from ireland yeah it's from gamma bomb they've got a new record coming out soon on prosthetic yeah, if you don't know who gamma bomb is they are a let's call it thrash metal band and uh they write some Maybe you'd say silly music. Maybe you'd say awesome. Maybe you'd say ripping. You'd definitely call it thrash, though, uh, or some sort of fast, heavy metal music. How about that? Let's not bother with labels. Let's just listen to their new track and end this thing. This is Speed Funeral from Gamma Bomb's new album, Bats, coming out on Prosthetic Records. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.